I got a word for you. I'm going to begin in Galatians 3.13. It's one of the most powerfully profound verses in your Bible. I pray it every morning and I pray it every night. It is simply this, Christ. Now I could stop right there and preach a long, long time. Christ, the anointed one and his yoke destroying, burden removing anointing. So that's what we've got right now. Doesn't matter what burden you're carrying, it's time for you to loose that weight. It's time for your weight to be over and your heavy burden, your weight to be lifted tonight. I can hear some folks from the harv shouting amen. Why don't, you take, why don't you put on there right now in the comments, say, I'm a member of the harv so I can bless you. I'll watch this when it's all over and I'll see your name and I'll pray for you and believe God for your miracle. So tell me where you're from. If you're a part of the harv, let me know it. If you were ever a part of the Harv or World Harvest Bible College or Valor Christian College, let me know. If you've ever been to the women's clinic in Columbus, Ohio and been blessed, let me know. If you've ever been in one of my crusades across America, let me know. If you've ever been to a great Dominion camp meeting, let me know. And I can tell you this one way or the other, we will have Dominion camp meeting this year. So we're excited about it. God's in control. So Christ, did you get it? The anointed one and his yoke destroying, burden removing anointing. Christ has redeemed us. To redeem means to pay the sacrificial price. Oh, it costs heaven something for your salvation. It's free to you, but it didn't cost God something. It cost him everything. He returned you, redeemed you, returned you to the original state of affairs. Good God, I wish I had more time tonight. Here's what I want to tell you. What Christ did in his coming, his death, his resurrection from the dead is greater, and you better hear this preacher tonight, is greater than what Satan did to the first Adam. Jesus is the second Adam, and I'm telling you, he's coming tonight to take everything off you the devil put on you and put back on you everything the devil took off. He has redeemed you. Somebody shout his praises, I can hear you. Yeah, shout his praises. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, here it is, cursed is anyone that hangs upon a tree. Jesus was crucified on a tree. Did you understand? He had to be crucified on a tree. It had to be a cross to fulfill Bible prophecy. Some folks say, why, 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 could, why didn't Jesus die by some other means? He couldn't. The prophet said concerning him that he would pay the sacrificial price 
for our joy, our freedom, our peace, our victory, our financial supply, our protection from COVID-19 and every other coronavirus and every other sickness and disease, every other pain and malady, every other malfunction and infirmity. We are believing tonight that one drop of his blood, when that Roman centurion thrust in his side that sword and withdrew it, your Bible said forthwith came water to the front and to the back, some to the front part, some to the back part. And when one red rivulet of that blood dropped off his toe into a bloody pool on the earth, he shouted, you are healed and you are healed tonight. Healing is a children's bread. We're going to partake of that bread here just in a minute. Now, let me give you another verse. Let me give you 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 23. Here it is. 1 Corinthians 1, 23. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Here it is now. For without the shedding of blood, Hebrews 9, 22, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Now, let me tell you something. I have no more need of your prayer to the man upstairs or your religion or your Pentecostal religion or any other kind of religion than I do a Shinto shrine, a Hindu cow, or a New Age crystal. There is only one name, my God, I can hear you shouting, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus and his blood and his blood alone. Here it is, 1 Corinthians 1, 23. We preach, some folks ask, what does Pastor Rod preach? I'm about to tell you. We preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. I just described you the culture that we live in today. That cross, it's the hinge upon which the door of all human history swings open. It's the pivot round about which the events of the eternal ages revolve. It is the fulcrum of God's grand and glorious lever 4,000 years in the crafting where one man on one tree on one Friday pried a fallen human race out of the unyielding hands of the diabolical devil, Satan himself. Now I'm talking tonight, and I don't get to do it nearly enough, about the cross. <laughs> Rough and rugged, ragged and mean, angry and biting beam. It's here at the intersection of these two rough-hewn beams that we look with horrified wonder upon the raw ferocity of the love of God. Two beams. One stands vertical, one's horizontal. The first reaching to the heights of the heavens and to the depths of hell. That cross beam, horizontal, parallel to the surface of the earth, reaching out and wrapping his loving arms around all of creation. Notice the imagery here. 
Take just a moment, would you, on Good Friday and think about it. Vertically, we connect to God, but how we miss the horizontal. Horizontally, we collect, connect to our fellow man. Vertically, we see redemption. Horizontally, we see relationship. Vertically, we see righteousness. Horizontally, we see justice. Vertically, we see salvation. Horizontally, we see transformation. I, I feel like running up in this empty some raw tabernacle right now. Vertically, we have faith. Horizontally, we live in faithfulness. Vertically, we have the atonement, but horizontally, we have forgiveness. It's the place right here at the intersection of those two rough beams where conviction joined hands with compassion, where truth married mercy to reach the sinner and transform the saint, to impact the culture and redeem the entire world. The silence of the Lamb has ended and the shout of the saints rings out at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now when I don't have a dollar to change. And now when she slams the door and says she's never coming back. And now when the test comes back positive for COVID-19 and now I am happy all the day. Why? Years I spent in vanity and pride caring not, my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my heavy burdened soul found liberty. Where? At Calvary, at Calvary. Now this cosmic crossroads sits atop a skull-shaped hill right near a garbage dump just outside the city walls of the capital of a troubled backwater province on the very periphery of the vast Roman Empire. Look now on that center stake. There is a solitary figure, the Son of God the Prince of Heaven, he's alone. Some of you during this time are feeling alone, but not the loneliness that he felt. As alone and as abandoned as any human person had ever been or would ever be, the cross, you see, it's central. It's central to the message of Christianity. It is the irrefutable evidence of God's incandescent holiness and his immeasurable, watch this preacher, love. It's the place where God's limitless provision intersects with our most basic human need. It's there where the furious love of God encounters our broken, and our shattered hearts. There is no Christianity without 
that bleeding, bloody, angry, mean, biting being. Without the cross, there is no hallmark of authentic Christianity. It's a life-giving gospel that we find at the cross. In the 21st century, especially in America, uh, the cross has gone missing. We're a post-Christian culture now, we're told. The last thing anyone in polite society would ever want to do is to offend the delicate sensibilities of the skeptic, the atheist, or the agnostic. Well, they need to move aside tonight because this is my night. This is the night I proclaim there is no other name whereby we must be saved. Oh, the blood, oh, the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. No other fount I know, no other fount I know, nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. So you think surely, you know, in our churches, this is why I built the great Calvary Memorial with the help of our great congregation and our worldwide congregation through Breakthrough. I built it because I thought surely in our churches, surely there we would find a bastion where the cross is treasured, where the cross is honored in both display and proclamation. Uh, if only, if only that were true. In a nation where a cross at one time topped the peak of every church steeple from sea to shining sea, the cross has fallen sharply out of fashion. Even on this Good Friday, you couldn't find a handful of preachers that will talk about his suffering, his sighing, his crying, his dying, the unestimable price of his precious spotless blood without which we could never be saved. Thank God for the blood, the cross. It, you know, they say it, it's just old school. You know, millennials, they don't want to hear about the cross. They don't want to hear about the suffering. They don't want to hear about a dying, expiring Savior <laughs> stretching up and <laughs> slinking down and wheezing and bleeding and sighing and dying. Oh, no, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's just too ugly a scene to contemplate. It's implications of sin and sin's toll on humanity, the severe demands of cosmic justice are just too troubling to ponder for very long. So for pastors, got a few of you watching, for pastors who are eager to appeal to an image conscious public, placing the cross in prominence Oh, no, no, no. That's poor marketing. Ah, that's just bad branding. And so the cross 
is disappearing from our cityscapes, from our churches, from our platforms, from our music, from our seeing, singing, from our platforms, but in a way more troubling sense. We've been voluntarily removing it from our hearts, from our minds, silently and steadily and stealthily, without fanfare, without debate, we've slipped the cross out of our daily living. It's gone. Well-intentioned efforts to reach the 21st century modern church have resulted in the production, hear me, of a crossless Christianity. Never before, never since, has such love been placed on open display, words fail, the intellect staggers, the heart begins to question. Here's the question, how could God love me? All of the theories of atonement are but probings into the mystery of a love that did not have to be, but was. The great Charles Haddon Spurgeon said it this way, come believer and contemplate this sublime truth proclaimed in simple monosyllables, no big words, no three syllable words, three very simple monosyllables. He laid down his life for us, for you for everybody in that room right now, for that one out in the kitchen right now and that dad in the garage not paying attention, Jesus died for you. The ground of all beings shook and trembled. The source of all life, the heart of all love burst wide open. You see, your Christian faith, my dear brother, my dear sister, sir, ma'am, your Christian faith and mine don't make one ounce of sense unless we know in the very depth of our being and believe that Jesus loves us. No, 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 no. His plea to the wounded, his cry to the broken, Come now, you wounded, you frightened, you angry, you lonely, and I'll meet you where you are. I'll meet you right where you live. Come to me not as you should be, because every one of us on this Good Friday know this for sure. We are never going to be as we should be. So do you really believe it? I mean, think about it for a moment. Contemplate it. See law. Revolve it over and around in your mind and in your heart. At this very moment, do you really believe that Jesus loves you? Not your neighbor. 
not Pastor Rod, not the person that sits in front of you at church, not the world, not even the city or your street. Do you really believe that Jesus loves you? Do you believe he loves you beyond your worthiness and your unworthiness? Do you believe that he loves you beyond your fidelity and your infidelity? Do you believe that he loves you in the morning sun and he still loves you in the evening's rain? Do you really believe that God loves you? Watch, without caution. Do you believe that he loves you with no regret? Do you believe that he loves you no matter who you know or don't know? no matter where you've been or where you haven't been, do you believe that God loves you? Well, I can answer that for you by telling you that God has an issue. He just can't stop loving you. This, this that I proclaim to you on this Good Friday evening, this is the love of our Father expressed through the unspeakable and priceless gift of his only begotten son, nailed by tempered spikes through tortured skin into splintered wood. And with the ring of every hammer strike, I love you, bolted there with welcoming arms outstretched, announcing to the question, do I love you? See him say to you tonight, how much do I love you? I love you this much. To give his life a billion times, he shouts from that cross, I love you, I love you, I love you. I loved you yesterday and I'll love you tomorrow. I love you forever. I love you forever through every storm and every tempest, every temptation, through every struggle. I love you. I love you in life and living. I love you in death and in dying. And I will not leave you on this earth without me, nor will I remain in heaven without you. I'll meet you at the intersection of these two rough-hewn wooden beams, and you and I, says the Savior of the world from Calvary's tree, you and I will never, ever be separated again. What a good Friday blessing to remember that cross. Let me remind you of something else. We make the gospel so complicated. It's so very simple. Jesus said, come to me, all of you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Dear friend, your weight is over. And on that tree, he lifted your weight. 
Let me make it very plain to you. Give me two minutes. Every single person, every single person is going to live forever. Now, right now, everybody's talking about how many people have been infected with COVID-19, how many people are hospitalized, how many people are in intensive care, and how many people have perished. But I, I, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about how many are still alive. Lest we forget that when the breath leaves our body and our eyes close to open again, never in this world, we have just begun to live. God created you in his image. You are an eternal being and you're going to spend eternity somewhere. I believe that every single person that I'm speaking to you right now to right now by the millions, that every one of you are going to heaven. I have Bible on it. You're going to go to heaven. You say, Pastor Rod, this is some false doctrine. You're telling everybody that they're going to heaven. No, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You just haven't allowed me to finish my sentence. Everybody's going to live forever somewhere. Your Bible only gives clear directions to eternal destinations and it only speaks of two. One, a place called heaven where we leap like a heart over the everlasting hills of God's glory to suffer, sigh, cry, die no more. The other, a place called hell. A place of the eternal separation of human persons for eternity separated from God, separated from light, separated from life. In fact, your Bible says God would have to give you a body that was fit or able to endure the destruction for eternity. The Bible says hell is a place where your veins become nothing more than strings upon which Satan himself will play the diabolical tune of hell's unalterable lament. Hell is a place where your veins become nothing more than highways for the hot feet of pain. But I've got good news for you on this good Friday. He shed his blood for you. There's no reason for you to go to hell. You're going to go to heaven and stand before God. And he's going to say, enter in my good and faithful servant or depart from me. I never knew you. 90% of the people that before this virus hit, were walking the streets of America, 90% of them proclaimed they believe in God. 40% of them say they believe in a place called heaven. But only 4% of them say they believe in a place called hell. We've had faulty preaching. Yeah. The Bible isn't what you want it to be. God said what he meant and meant what he said. And tonight, I'll remind you that Jesus spoke 10 times more on the subject of hell than he did the subject of heaven. So I don't know what's going on with preachers today. Second 
Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. I'll share one very brief story with you. It just came across my desk yesterday. COVID-19 patient by the name of Ben Lauderer, 30 years old, wife was 30 years old. Her name was Brandy. They were both special needs teachers at their local school. Well, Brandy tested positive for the COVID virus, but her symptoms were very mild. She just had a low grade fever and some flu symptoms, some congestion. So he wasn't worried when he began to have symptoms. Both of them were young, 30 years of age. They were healthy. They didn't have sugar diabetes. They had no heart complications. They, they had no breathing complications. They didn't have asthma. He was a star baseball player and now a baseball coach. But his symptoms very quickly became much more severe. Shortness of breath, went to the ER, was put on oxygen, was given intravenous fluids, given some Tylenol and sent home. That night, his rest became very, very uncomfortable. His wife, sleeping on the couch, could hear him begin to breathe heavily. At two in the morning, she went in and checked on him. He said he was doing fine and didn't think he needed to go back to the emergency room. She lay back down on the sofa at about 2.30 that morning. At six o'clock, she awakened and went in to check on him, but he was already gone. Tomorrow's not promised to you, friend. But this Good Friday, God Almighty, in his overwhelming love, offers you his redeeming blood to forgive you and give you eternal life and let you know that this life is not all there is, that you could be ready for heaven. I want you right now to pray with me. Pray out loud so you can hear it with your own ears. I'm believing God tonight that we see more men and women say yes to Jesus Christ than we've ever seen in any single service in the past 43 years. This virus has people conscious of eternity. Life seems now what the Bible says, just a vapor, seen then gone. Think of your life three short weeks ago and think of your life now. An unseen enemy attacking bodies. There's another unseen enemy attacking your soul for eternity. Let's let God vaccinate you today with the blood of Jesus Christ. You'll join me in heaven. Let's pray this prayer. You pray it right there where you are. Heavenly Father, I come to you, not to religion, but to you. On Good Friday, I believe you died for me and that your blood can forgive me and give me eternal life. I receive it now 
Satan, I renounce you. You are not my God. I will not serve you. Go from me now. Lord Jesus, I accept you. I believe in you and I confess you as my personal savior. Let me know now I'm as sure for heaven as if I was already there. And it feels so good to be forgiven. I could almost just clap and shout right there where I am. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I want you to go in the comments right now. I don't mean to turn my back on you. I want you to go to the comments right now and just type in the word saved. That's all you need to do. Leave me your email address and I'm gonna send you this beautiful book that will explain to you how to connect with the church, how to discover your purpose, how to serve others, how to get on a firm foundation. You're in the kingdom of God now and this book will help you take your first steps. I wanna send it to you absolutely free and postpaid. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go on, get in there now. Type, 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 saved, S-A-V-E-D, saved. Saved in Africa, saved in Asia, saved in the Middle East, saved in Los Angeles, saved in Miami, saved in Buffalo, New York. I'm saved and I pray the healing power of God upon you now in your body and the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ over you and your family. What a wonderful Good Friday. Now, I told you at the beginning that this is a very, very, very special time for World Harvest Church and City Harvest Network and Valor Christian College and Harvest Preparatory School, all those that are connected to this ministry. And you are because you've joined me tonight and I'm so thankful. 35 years ago, 35 years ago, this year, God through the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. He spoke to me a revelation. That was in 1985. I was 27 years of age. God said every church is given a topos. What does that mean? Well, the book of Revelation says a topos is a specific position of opportunity for kingdom advancement. And God said to me, Proverbs chapter 29, where there is no vision, no prophetic unction, no word from heaven, the people perish. Also, he said, Jeremiah 29, I know the plans that I have for you, says God. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I know right now some of you think, I may lose my business. I may have already lost my job. I may lose my house. I'm, no, 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 no. Anything you lose, God's bringing back seven times greater than it was. <laughs> and he's not bringing it back like it was, he's bringing it back better. Somebody said, what do you think that will happen with the church when we're all gathered, able to gather together again? I said, if we do what's right during this time, 
we'll be stronger than ever. The church is not dead. We're just waking up. Listen, God has a plan for you. Now, sometimes you can't see Z, letter Z, when you're standing at letter C. But God has a plan. And your Bible says that you have a lot of teachers, but you don't have many fathers. What's a father? A father is one that gives prophetic insight for the provision and protection of his family. God spoke a word to me 35 years ago that has protected people and brought miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle throughout the nation, around the world, in our own church family. And it was simply this. He said, on Easter, you celebrate the resurrection of my greatest gift to humanity, my son, Jesus Christ. On this one time every year, I want you to compel the people to celebrate me giving my best, God giving his best, by us giving our best to him. Many folks give one week's increase. Joni and I, Ashton, we, we give an entire month's increase. You say, do you, did you do it this year? Yes, sir. We let nothing turn our plow. We believe God's word is true. We've never outgiven him. He's our protection and our provision, and he's yours too. Then your Bible says there are three times a year that you're supposed to bring a very special offering to God. Passover, 50 days later, Pentecost, in the fall of the year at Tabernacles, God said, come before me just like we are tonight and don't come empty-handed. He said, put a gift in your hand those three times a year. This is one. Passover began last Wednesday night and Passover ends this coming Thursday night. We're in Passover right now. So I want you to consider right now giving your greatest thank you Jesus faith gift that you're alive, that you're born again, that you're on your way to heaven, that Jesus' blood protects you from sickness and disease and pain and infirmity and malady and malfunction, that it covers your children, that it covers your home. I want you to celebrate tonight the way God said to bring a resurrection seed to him. You know what a resurrection seed is? One that comes forth to life like Jesus did, greater than it went in that tomb. A seed has to leave your hand, but never your life. I want you to take a moment. Now, some of you will have to jump off to give your gift and then jump right back on because we've got Holy Communion on the way and we've got Ja'Kayla Carr on her way, three-time Grammy nominee, Dove Award winner. She's gonna bring us into the glory on this Good Friday. But right now, just take a moment, very, very quickly, and give that resurrection seed gift. We have on the screen coming up, if it's not already there, exactly how you can do that. Or you can write to me, but you wanna get your gift in the heavenly account quickly, give by text. That's the easiest way to do it, or give right there online. 
at rodparsley.com. I'm just giving you a moment to jump over there. I wanna remind you to get your elements ready. I wanna remind you to send me your prayer request. And uh, I wanna remind you that if you let us know you accepted Jesus tonight by typing in saved, I'm gonna send you this beautiful book. The book that I preached from a little bit tonight is called The Cross, One Man, One Tree, One Friday. You can find that at rodparsley.com. Keep going, going, going. Sow those seeds. It's the greatest opportunity for a miraculous return on your giving we have all year long. Celebrating God's greatest gift, His Son on the cruel cross of Calvary so you can have eternal life. Give Him a praise gift tonight. No gift is too small. No gift is too small. No gift is insignificant. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice as we celebrate God's great sacrifice. I hope you've gotten your elements all ready. We have ours ready. We're nice and fancy. We're, we're fancy tonight <laughs> and it's beautiful. And gather your family around now, get ready. Your Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that the Lord Jesus in the same night, now this is, this is unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. The Lord Jesus, in the same night as he was betrayed, mm -hmm. got on his Facebook and, <laughs> no, he didn't do that, did no, he? No, no, sir. No, he went to the triclinium, mm -hmm. the place where they would receive the table of the Lord at Passover, yes. the Passover Seder which we commemorate tonight with you. Yeah. The same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he blessed it and he broke it and said, take and eat for this is my body, which is broken for you. Thank you Jesus. Now there's one of the greatest revelations in your Bible that Jesus in the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. Yeah. He took us too. Hmm. Somebody said, I found the Lord. Hey, you didn't know where to look and That's he right. wasn't lost. That's right. But he took that bread. He took you yes. out of a world of chaos and gave you cosmos. You. He, he took you out of a world of sin and betrayal and heartache yeah. and depression. Yeah. And he brought you into the kingdom of light Hallelujah. of his dear son. He took you. Mm. He took Moses out of the bulrushes. That's right. Yes, he did. He took Jesus out of heaven and brought him to earth. Praise you, God. And then he blessed it. Yes. And in the same way, when he takes us, he blesses us. Oh There's a honeymoon period when you first accept Jesus. He just, I mean, you can fall down and get blessed. That's right. You can be like Miss Deborah George and say, you know what? You, I'm going to win a soul tonight and I'm going to tell them that you can find John 3, 16 in the book, <laughs> book of Revelation. Revelation. <laughs> and she's watching tonight, and, and Pastor. Miss Deborah, she we love you. She already texts me. All of our City Arbus yes, Network Yes, Todd folks. Delaney is watching. Todd Delaney. Yes. My God, what if we had him and Ja'Kalen Card together? The building might just And I get to preach in between. Fall. Come on. All right. I'm falling out he just took thinking it, about it. He blessed it. 
But now listen, blessing is always to build you up for the next step. Yes. There's a breaking coming. Come on. <laughs> and you say, why would he break us? He breaks us so that he can give us on a whole new level. Wow. Look, I had vocal cord cancer. I have a greater anointing now than That's I had right. before yes. to pray for folks with cancer. That's right. I pray for you as we receive this table tonight. We both know what it's like to be told by the doctor that Austin Chandler will never know that you're his sister, that I'm his father. So it's Autism Awareness Month. That's and right. We certainly pray for all of you with any yes. autism spectrum disorder in your family or anyone you love in Jesus' name Jesus. as we receive the table tonight. Your Bible says healing is a children's bread. Thank you, and so he took it and he blessed it and he broke it and then he gave it. Mm. Receive the body of the Lord together right now. Oh, hallelujah all across America and around the world. Receive the life of God. And now, you know one of the most important things about Holy Communion? He said, you do show my death till you come. This at the cross, what happened? His blood, which is the life, the life is in the blood, was separated from his body. But tonight, the body and the blood come back together in resurrection power. Thank you, Jesus. This blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness yes. and sin. Let's receive the cup of the Lord together. Now let the first words out of your mouth be a hallelujah. hallelujah. If I was a parent or I was a husband or a wife, a spouse, I'd be reaching across right now and laying hands on everybody in the room. Let healing come by your mighty yes. power, Lord Jesus. Mend homes right now. Heal broken bodies. Yes. Rebuke coronavirus. Jesus Rebuke name. every sickness and disease. You, Rebuke Father. that pain out of their bodies in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.